0: Greetings everyone, I noticed that uh, a clip that I posted two days ago on Facebook is still eliciting a lot of responses, both positive and negative, about the move of the Holy Spirit. That clip is still on Facebook and uh, I did not turn off the comments just because negative comments started coming because each person is entitled to their opinion. Uh, But this is something that we witnessed in our church and I faithfully posted it for the sake of people who struggle with understanding similar phenomenon. I remember the days when I struggled with it. So I decided to post this second clip clearly stating my stand on miracles, word of knowledge, etc. First of all, let me start with the miracle part. See, even if everyone in the world say that miracles do not happen today. Many denominations have that as part of their theology. I cannot agree with that because I have seen many miracles growing up in a Christian home. I can give you two clear examples. One is I had a younger brother who had a polio and who did not walk until he was almost five years old. And one night he had a visitation of Jesus Christ. And I don't even know how he knows Jesus Christ. Probably he knows Jesus Christ from the world calendars. He had the visitation of Jesus Christ and then he got up and started walking. That's the first miracle that we saw. Now, the second miracle I saw was when I was about 13 years old. One day when I came back from the playground in the evening, I saw a lot of people in our village gathered in our home. My mom was in a hospital at that time. My mom was always sick and she was in a hospital at that time. And they were murmuring to each other that she will not make it through that night. It really broke my heart because ever since I was in fifth grade, my mom was always looking forward to me being her firstborn, graduating from high school with good grade, and starting college because I was good in studies and I was going to be the first person in our immediate extended families to go to college. So she was always looking forward to that. So I quickly remembered that. I remember getting into my bed and crying and crying and crying and pleading with Jesus, Lord Jesus, keep, please keep her alive until I graduate from college. And let her see me go into college. And then if you want to take her home, it's okay with me." That was my prayer. And I do not know when I went to sleep. Eventually I fell asleep. All I remember is that next morning when I got up, my house was empty and my mom was coming by home. Now, God did hear my prayer and not only extended her life for next three years, she lived until she was 94 years old. Hallelujah. She lived to see I come into America, my brothers coming to America. Uh, she finally herself ended up in America, lived with us for many years here and got to see her grandchildren getting married, uh, even got to see her great grandchild before she passed away. So don't tell me that miracles are not possible today. I have seen many, many miracles. Also, I have seen many miracles in my ministry Even last month when I was in Bhopal, to attend the funerals of two of our pastors who passed away, one sister came to me at the uh, end of the funeral and asked me, do you still remember me? And I didn't. Um, So I asked her to remove her mask, didn't help me to remember her. Um, And then she asked me, do you remember the very first time you came to Bhopal? I do remember that, that was in 1994, October. And, and she told me that we did not have children for many, many years. And we came to you at the end of your meeting. I preached there only one night. I remember there was a great move of the Spirit of God in that meeting. And many people came for prayer at the end of that meeting. And she was one of them. And they had asked me to pray for a child and God blessed them with the child next year. And then she showed me her son. Now. I can tell you that that's not the only time that has happened. That's the first time that happened, but I can tell you uh, to date at the top of my head, I can think of at least nine different occasions for the people in my church, except for this one case, it's all people in my own church who could not have a child for many years and I prayed for them and they are all blessed with the children now. So don't tell me that miracles don't happen today or miracles ended at the end of the first century. You cannot win that argument with me because I'm a living witness for miracles. I have also seen many, many other creative miracles in my ministry over past 30 plus years. So that's the miracle part of it. Now, let me tell you about the word of knowledge part. Um, you know, I had a many turning points in my ministry. One such turning point was in 1994 when I was deciding to go, whether to go into full-time ministry or not. God was after me <clears throat> and prophecies as a prophecy were coming. Uh, it's time for me to get into full-time ministry, but I was very, really, very really hesitant. I'm an educated man and I was trained to be an engineer. Uh, so why do I have to live on somebody else's offering? This was my biggest concern. Um, so I was sort of fighting, 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 fighting. So it came to a point where I couldn't fight anymore. So I decided to fast for 30 days to seek the will of God. At the end of those 30 days, it became very clear what God wanted me to do. and uh, And I surrendered my life to serve Him and to face any consequences that comes as a result of it. Now, that 30 days of fasting became a lifestyle for me. From then on, at least for three days a month, I used to fast. For many years, I used to fast every month. Those fasting made me much, much closer to God, and, uh, and it opened up many new areas of ministry in my life, which I never experienced before, even though um, I have been doing ministry since 1986. Um, one thing was, the my first experience was visions during my sleep. Uh, there were multiple times when God would wake me up in the middle of the night and to pray for something after showing me a vision. I will not see the person for whom I am praying, but uh, God will show me the need for it uh, through some kind of a situation in my vision and, uh, and will be, I will have a heavy, heavy burden in, um, in in my heart to get up and pray. So I will get up and pray. I had decided that whatever Holy Spirit asked me to do, I will obey without questioning. So I would get up and pray. Two occasions stand out in my mind. One was while I was in India for a series of meetings. And this happened, I got up praying, not knowing um, for whom I was praying for. That night in my vision, the angel of death was directly confronting me and challenging me and telling me that uh, he will kill somebody in my church before I get back to New York. So I got up, prayed, mm, uh, I prayed in the spirit, took authority over it, went back to sleep. Early next morning, my wife called me up and, and, and told me that you won't believe what happened yesterday. A member of my church got into a huge car accident in the January snow in New York. And his car, I ended up slipping out of the highway, ending up in ditch. When the fire engine came, they had to cut the car uh, to take him out. But to their surprise, he did not even have a scratch on his body. Why? Because the previous night, God woke me up in a vision and made me pray for him. The second incident that stands out in my mind is, uh, Um, one Saturday night, a similar thing happened. And uh, the next morning, I'm at church and I'm about to start the service. Somebody came and put a a little note in my hand saying that uh, uh, one of the prominent members in our church had a massive heart attack that morning. and, And he may not make it. So immediately I remember what happened the previous night. I had forgotten about it. Because in the middle of the night, God had woken me up and I had prayed for this. So I was able to declare to the church that uh, nothing is going to happen to him because I I have already prayed over him the previous night. Let me tell you for the glory of God that he is still alive. So these are two incidents that stand out in my mind about visions I had. I had many, many encounters like that. Uh, But the word of knowledge started manifesting in my life after I started doing international travels. I still remember when I was in South Africa for the first time, I did not know a single person in South Africa, including the person who invited me. Somebody else gave him my number and he invited me for a crusade. So I went to South Africa and the first night of that crusade in uh, South Africa, I called out in the middle of my message, which had nothing to do with with my message that night. I called out under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that I see somebody this was going to be your last day on the face of the earth. The enemy had set up everything to make sure that you don't live past this day, but God has intervened on your behalf by sending me here. And you're listening to me right now. And the spirit of God is dealing with you right now. And then I continued my with my message, wondering why did I say that? It had nothing to do with my message nor my theme that night. But to my surprise, at the end of that meeting, a mother, Indian mother, uh, um, a lot of Indians in South Africa, an Indian mother beating her chest like the Indian style um, and dragging a young boy in his early 20s to the altar. And she was wailing and weeping. So I asked her what happened. She said, "Uh, pastor, this boy was about to hang himself. Tonight, he was already on top of a tree and he had already tied the rope to a branch of that tree. And that's when he started hearing your voice coming through the loudspeaker. So, So he decided to listen to your message and then hang himself. But in the middle of the message, Holy Spirit made me say this. And that's what you call word of knowledge. And you know what, because of that, I was able to speak to that young man, lead him to Christ that day. He's still alive today. So please don't tell me that uh, world of knowledge is bogus, world of knowledge is fake. Somebody is spending hours and hours on the internet, searching for information and writing it down and then coming and acting like God gave them that information. Please don't tell me that because I have seen this too many times. And I usually don't move in that gifting in my own church. And I tell my church, there's no point in uh, I coming and telling you that I have a, a word from the Lord, because I know you You guys are worshiping with me for years. So I know you guys, I know your life, I know your family. So I don't exercise that gift in my own church. But when I travel, you know, um, especially in those days, I used to travel to many nations, Almost every month I had an international travel. And and what opened the doors of of ministry, in my own case, was this gift of word of knowledge that would manifest when I'm in another nation. Then I became a pastor. I stopped my international travels so much. And uh, the last travel me and my wife took was just before COVID to uh, Switzerland. And we were ministering in a church. In, in Switzerland, there's people from 40 different nations. i know never been to Switzerland before. i know never been to this church before. I did not know a single person in that church before. But at the end of my message, when I gave altar call, as soon as I lay hands on people, this gift becomes uh, active. And I was surprised to see that that gift is still active in my life. So I'm going to conclude my short clip right here. You may struggle with some of the spiritual phenomena that you see, but don't come to a conclusion just because it didn't happen to you or it does not happen in your church. It is bogus or it is fake because Holy Spirit is still Lord. Holy Spirit is the third person of of the triune Godhead. And as such, he knows all the secrets of men. 1 Corinthians tell us very clearly that the Spirit of God that searches all the inner things of man. So absolutely nothing is hidden from the Holy Spirit. Just like Peter was able to tell Ananias and Sapphira when they, when they pretended that they gave the whole amount to church and they were holding something back and that was revealed to Peter. Even to this day, God reveals things to his prophets, his ministers, people who believe Uh, in the move of God, people who are anointed by the Holy Spirit and people who maintain that anointing at a great personal cost, it is still functional. So when you go to a meeting, instead of sitting there with a judgmental attitude and trying to prove that this is all bogus, this is not true, stay in that meeting with an attitude, Lord, if you have a word for me, please reveal that to this man of God who has come to minister here, And I tell you, God will reveal that to him and you will be ministered to and you will be blessed. Amen. Let that be our attitude going forward. Give room for Holy Spirit. Do not quench the Holy Spirit. Do not fight against the move of the Holy Spirit. You will not win. Listen, the first century, the Jewish people tried, the Roman Empire tried, all the other empires since then has tried. Let me tell you one out of every eight person on the face of the earth is uh, uh, is filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues today. and the Holy Spirit is on a march and Holy Spirit is going to march right through your life, right through your home, right through your church. You better get ready for it because God has great things in store for you. If you have any questions about it, you're welcome to contact me. you want to come and sit in my office and discuss this, come on over. come on over. Amen. I have been always very truthful, very upfront in my ministry. I have absolutely nothing to hide. So please come. I will answer your questions as much as I can. And also, one last remark I want to make is this. People in my church know that I'm a word man. My primary ministry is teaching. I'm very thorough in preparing my sermons. You can watch my sermons on Facebook or YouTube and prove that to yourself. You know, check out some of the recent sermons I have preached. I'm very thorough in preparing my message and very theologically correct. I make sure I'm theologically correct in my messages. So don't think that this is a pastor who goes for anything, falls for anything. No, I don't. In fact, I I hated such moves of God. I remember... Uh, When um, people started being slain in the spirit in the 90s in New York City, I was so much against that. When that came to the Indian community, I wrote articles against that. I wanted to fight with these pastors, but then God surprised me by sending me through that experience one day when I least expected it. And uh, it is my direct encounters with the Holy Spirit and the power of God that has become the basis of my stand on things today. Yes, I'm a, I'm a theologically astute person and uh, I'm very careful about what I preach. I'm very careful about what I teach. At the same time, none of my knowledge, none of the hundreds or thousands of books that I've read takes precedence over the move of the Holy Spirit. I always give primary importance to Holy Spirit and I'm a surrendered slave to the move of the Holy Spirit. And that's the way we are preparing our church because we want to see revival coming to New York. And we want to see our church to be used as a spark to bring revival back to New York. Join with us, join with us. Let's see great things happening in the city of New York. People getting healed, people getting delivered. Holy Spirit having reign over this city instead of the evil forces and the wicked things that man has brought forth to the forefront. Thank you for watching this video.